Are you applying for hundreds of jobs with no interviews? Is this you? I'm a professional career coach and I create resumes for a living and I'm hearing the following from my clients all the time. If I can truly do the job and if I can prove it with my experience, why are they not calling me after I apply? Or here's another one. I email recruiters on LinkedIn and I get no responses. I just don't get it. Isn't it their job to fill positions? So why are they not contacting me? Well, here's the most common one. I thought I had a great resume. I had spent hours and hours online downloading templates and creating resume after resume. I even paid someone for it a few months ago and still no result. No one calls me. Hello, friends and fans, and welcome back to my latest podcast. I'm Uli Shield, a.k.a. Mr. Careertic. And in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the top five reasons why you never hear back after applying for a job. So many of my clients often wonder why they never hear anything back after they have hit the send on the email with a resume attached or when they're on the online application and they hit the apply button. If you're very lucky, you might have a preliminary email exchange with a recruiter or maybe even a hiring professional within the company, and then you never hear back from them again. It is a depressing experience and one which also casts a bit of a shadow on the company's reputation that you're engaging with. So why does this happen? Is this you? Is it them? Or is it just something every candidate must prepare for in the hiring, in the application process? Hiring professionals like HR managers or HR coordinators and especially recruiters complain a lot about the fact that over 50% or as many as 50% of people applying for a given job simply aren't qualified. Adding to the challenge, most large companies and also many smaller ones use talent management software, also referred to as ATS, to screen resumes, to weed out the candidates. In fact, to weed out up to 50% of applicants before a person with an eye and a heart and a brain even looks at the resume or cover letter. The deck is definitely stacked against you, the job hunter, and I'm here to tell you what you can do to break through. Here are my top five reasons why you're not hearing back after applying for a job. Of course, with five suggestions, four ways to avoid the resume or the communication black hole with these recruiters, with the hiring professionals. My five top reasons and my five top tips. So let's get started, sit back and enjoy my pot, maybe take some notes and reflect onto your own employment situation on your own application efforts and your history and what it looks like on paper or otherwise, including LinkedIn and how you usually explain yourself. And as always, if you like the pod, subscribe to the channel, make sure that you do. Here is reason number one, you really aren't qualified. If a job description specifies a software developer with a three to five year of experience and you are a recent graduate with one internship, 
it's definitely not the case that you're going to be considered. It's very unlikely that you'll get a call. Avoid disappointment. Don't apply for jobs for which you lack qualification or experience. Most job descriptions are written with very specific requirements. And yes, the company is trying to find the most qualified candidate. And yes, they are trying to weed people out. It's not personal, guys. It's business. This is really reason number one. You really aren't qualified. Okay, here's reason number two. You haven't keyword optimized your application documents, especially your resume. Job descriptions are salted. Well, actually, they're not just salted. They're actually peppered with keyword specific to the skill or attributes the company that you're applying for is seeking. And that's the attributes the company seeks in applicants. A close read of the job description in front of you is a necessity, as is keyword optimizing your application documents, such as your cover letter, your resume, and also your LinkedIn profile if you're using one or if you're emailing one. If the job description lists words in a certain order, for example, a list of programming languages required, then you'd need to use them in the same order in your application document. And a professional resume writing service can show you that or help you with it. And if you don't want to use them because you don't want to spend the money, then you have to figure out how to do that properly. Here's reason number three. Your application documents, especially your resume, isn't formatted properly. I can't tell you how often I get to see resumes from candidates who are using Dr. Google resume templates or resume templates they find online after a short search. These sort of resume templates are not formatted properly and won't get you through. I know you might think distinctive formatting will set your resume apart, but guys, the automated programs, so the applicant tracking software doesn't really care if a document is pretty. What it really cares is that it can read your document. And the only way it can do that is if your document is presented with consistent formatting. So if you don't want to spend the money on a professional resume writing service, ensure that you consider using separate lines for former employees, job titles and years worked and so on, and that you apply consistent formatting properly throughout the resumes that you're presenting to your potential employer. Okay, guys, this is my personal uh, favorite. This is the one I have the biggest beef with. It's number four. Your resume is substantially different from your online profile, such as LinkedIn or Dice, or if you're over in Europe, Zing, and other online profile sites that you might use as a useful tool. So it's important to make sure they match what's on your resume. This may seem to be a contradiction, Remember, in number one reason, I told you guys that keyword optimization is the first reason, but it's really common sense. Job worked, employers, years on the job, and all the other details they should match. The subtext here is, guys, always tell the truth. 
Okay, the next one is an interesting one. It's number five for a reason. Uh, in my songbook, it's actually, it should be number one, but with the recruiters and the hiring managers, it's generally amongst the top five reasons or reason number five. The company receives 500 resumes for one job posting and your application was 499 number in. Looking for a job is a job, we all know that, and it sucks. You need to do your research. You need to know which companies you want to work for. You need to even sometimes, you know, look beyond the company website and you need to work out whether you are a cultural fit and lots of other things. But one of the most common mistakes people make is that they believe when the job ad says that you have three weeks time to apply for the position, that they become number 499 in. Companies don't have to wait to hire candidates. If I have 25 really good candidates shortlisted, why would I wait another two weeks to decide? Why would I wait another two weeks to get application number 499 in? Being early with your resume or applications, guys, really, really matters. Check back often in the first few days to ensure that the listing hasn't changed because often companies will post a job and then halfway through the process change the description because they're optimizing how they're getting their candidates through. So this reason number five is the companies received tons and tons of resumes and yours was last in the queue. So what do you say, guys? Any of these five reasons sound familiar? I know it's hard to game the system. I know it's hard to understand what happens in the background. Your best bet is still often, in many cases, a personal referral to get your foot in the door. And even that may not be enough to get a call. A guy I know gave his resume to one of the managers who worked at the company where he thought he had a good opportunity, where he had a good job. And when they posted it, that was his approach. He received an automated email noting his resume had been received, but never heard another word. And that is because that person followed the right process handed the resume in and it was then taken through the applicant tracking software. After a month, he asked his friend to check with the recruiter or the hiring manager within that company. And it turned out the job description had changed, but the hiring professional within the HR department never bothered to let the referring employee know that things had changed. And so the applicant never heard of it. Guys, this isn't unusual. Unfortunately, this happens hundreds and thousands of times everywhere across the world. This is one of many other reasons why you don't hear back. So what can you do? My first piece of advice, if you want to get noticed, is always you need to do your research. And when I speak about research, I'm really talking about doing more than just looking at a company's website, because it's one of the things that really frustrates recruiters and hiring managers 
when you regurgitate to them what they can actually find on their own website, you're not telling them something new. Research interesting companies on social medias. Find out who the recruiters are and then follow them. So when I'm talking about social media and following recruiters or hiring professionals, it's effectively things like Ding, Zing and LinkedIn. So find out who the recruiters are and follow them. Many will actually tweet new postings or they will reach out to you. So watch their streams and jump on anything for which you are genuinely qualified. Remember one of the five reasons. And if they post news saying the company had a great quarter, then you should have a position on that in whatever it is, whether it's LinkedIn, Ding, or, or, or Zing, or whatever the social um, professional social websites are. The story here is give two before you ask one back. That's what I always say. You need to engage. You need to research interesting companies on social media and you need to get in touch with the people that matter. My second recommendation is always referring to LinkedIn. And that is what I always say. I just said it uh, a moment ago. Give two before you ask one back. Now, I'm not asking you to consider to start a blog in your area of expertise or in your personal interests. But what I'm suggesting is, is that you get active on your LinkedIn profile. It's a social world, guys. So it's time to build a trail of breadcrumbs that lead to you. So you need to engage, you need to have opinions, and you need to provide feedback to professionals who have something to say, especially when you see a relevant post or when you see a newsletter or something else. So don't do things like ghosting or following and just pressing like, like, like. The point here is give two before you ask one back. And the people who really get my attention are the people who have something to say, who have an opinion. So consider uh, providing feedback in areas of your interests or expertise if you're active in social media. Now, my third tip is obvious because it's my business but I'm really dead serious about it. Get professional help with your resume. Either a resume writer or an SEO expert, they can help you increase your odds of getting through the talent management software, the famous ATS or applicant tracking software. If you can't afford this step, then you need to read the top career blogs for advice and you need to do it yourself. But guys, it's really hard and probably 70% of people fail with that because they're overthinking it and they're really doing more damage than good. Okay, and the fourth tip obviously is not for everyone, but I tell it quite often to my clients. If at all possible, don't wait until you're out of work to find your next job. I realize for many people this isn't possible, or you might even feel that what I'm suggesting here is offensive. But your chances of finding the next job are best when you are still employed. So in our world, in the world of recruiting or hiring, we generally 
have the mindset that the most attractive job hunters are the ones who have just started looking because we can actually tell that in the ATS or the ones who are still employed. So your best chances, if at all possible, don't wait until you're out of work to find your next job. And now tip number five. It's been the tip of every recruiter, of every hiring manager, of anyone who works in the field of career coaching and resume writing since the 40s, 50s, 60s, and now in 2022. Network, network, network. It's old advice, but it is still true. And I'm not talking about networking with white wine, cheese and nibbles, where everyone is standing around. I am talking about the modern networking, and that is the networking online, particularly on LinkedIn or other social platforms. You need to be visible, and more importantly, you need to demonstrate that you're upbeat, that you're informed about industry trends and the news in your area of expertise, that you have something to say that you're giving to before you ask one back. Most career coaches and even resume writing services can show you how to do that successfully so you can get the job you deserve. Finding a job is tough, no questions, no one's going to argue about that point with you. Job hunting sucks, we all know that. I've talked to many of my recruiter colleagues, to many of the career coaches and HR professionals who say that they only respond to approximately 30% of the applicants out there. The odds are good you'll be in the 60 plus percent who hears nothing a lot of the time. Don't take it personally, guys. It's not a rejection of you. It's a reflection of the times. If you don't hear back, know you're not alone. Join me again every Thursday here on my Mr. Career Tick podcast or Career Tick YouTube channel and grab your dose of weekly career advice. If you're actively looking for a new job or if you're hunting for new gigs, make sure to hunt wisely and remember to tick all the right boxes. <laughs> <laughs>